Welcome to the Not Old Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and as part of our Smithsonian Associates Art of Living interview series, we have an excellent interview with Jenny Ashcraft, who is a genealogist, a researcher, a lover of the written word, and will join us today to talk about family history and resources available at newspapers.com. Our guest today, Jenny Ashcraft, is a family history enthusiast. She works at Ancestry, where she writes a blog at Fold3HQ. And Ginny Ashcraft loves uncovering stories about ancestors, and she finds great joy in helping others to do the same. Jenny Ashcraft feels completely at home, immersed in dusty archives, poring through manuscripts, or finding hidden gems in the pages of historic newspapers. Alex Haley, author of Roots, the Saga of an American Family, puts it this way, In all of us, there is a hunger, marrow deep, to know our heritage, to know who we are and where we came from. Without this enriching knowledge, there is a hollow yearning. According to the Center for Disease Control, only one-third of Americans have gathered their family history, although 96% of them believe that it is important to do so. Family history is only one of a combination of factors which contribute to chronic diseases. Still, not knowing it guarantees guessing where facts could make a difference. The psychological benefits of genealogy are significant and plentiful, too. Among them are basic needs like acceptance and friendship, ego needs like achievement and status, and self-actualization. These psychological benefits and more, like knowing your roots, boosts older adults' mental well-being in positive ways, giving us a sense of accomplishment, especially if you do the research yourselves. It gives us the perspective that we belong to a family, which leaves a legacy for future generations. It gives us this sense of self-worth and belonging to ancestors with whom we can participate to play our part in history, meaningful things, and of course, as we age, acceptance of the concept of death and mortality. Older people who have paid attention to their family history are better able to contribute to their own well-being and better prepared to affect the well-being of their descendants. This is really important stuff. The grandparents, great-aunts, and great-uncles of our audience here on the Not Old Better Show also have the duty to relate the lessons their ancestors taught and the moral principles that kept them focused. We'll talk about that, some wonderful new resources for family search, and more on our packed show today. So please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show, genealogist Jenny Ashcraft. Jenny Ashcraft, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us today. I love the subject of genealogy. I really do. I I just am at that point in life that I, I like to know about those that have come before me. I think it's fascinating to learn this, and you do this so well, have such a great expertise. We're going to get into all of this, but I guess let's just start there. Why, why do you love what you do? How did you start? Maybe share a personal story. I just think all of this is, is going to be great to hear, and we'll just kind of start with this love question. <laughs> well, I do. I love family history, and to me, family history is a little bit like a puzzle, but when when those pieces start to come together, the end result is so much more beautiful than a picture. It, it, it emerges into this sense of purpose and belonging, and it brings gratitude to our lives because we, we discover that our ancestors had joys and heartaches and triumphs and failures just like we do. 
and they preserved, uh, persevered, and they kept going. Yeah, I think that's what does it for me too. That they just they kept on going. They're they're here with me today in many instances, and and that kind of keeps me going. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit about newspapers dot com and. Um, and to me, the occupation of a newspaper editor is very different. The resources are different for those doing the reporting. The stories were written differently 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 50, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'll just ask you right out of the gate, what is it about the stories in newspaper.com that, you know, actually showcase this difference? Because there are details that are offered in many of these stories. I've had a chance to go through newspapers.com many, many times, and and I, I love the variety. It's not such a sanitized world. I'll use that word to describe kind of what is going on today in newspapers versus all of this great, great depth of reporting that you get there. Well, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, at newspapers.com, we work with publishers and historical societies and institutions, and we have digitized nearly 700 million pages of history. And papers have changed over the time. You you are right. Uh, historic newspapers were really the social media of their time. Uh, in addition to the headlines, they were um, particularly the society pages. They reported on things like what the ladies' bridge club served for lunch or who was visiting from out of town or who was on the sick list. They are really a remarkable snapshot of history. And they can be particularly for your own family history. You You can learn stories about your family that you just might not find anywhere yeah. else. And I think that's really cool too because if you're if you're searching – you can find things that might be related directly to your family. You can search addresses. You can search these fantastic photographs that you have at newspapers.com. And that that's really a big part of newspapers.com. So why don't you talk a little bit about some of those memorable images that, that you found for family reasons and, and how that just adds to the details of your family history and and, and this great gene- genealogy work that we're doing? Uh, great question. You know, photographs begin to appear regularly in the newspaper in the early 1900s. And for some families, the only photograph they have of an ancestor comes from a newspaper. Uh, if I can give you an example, in 1919, there was a tragedy in Boston called the Molasses Flood. And a tank full of millions of gallons of warm molasses collapsed over a poor immigrant neighborhood in Boston's North End. There was a 15-foot wave of molasses that just washed over the neighborhood and 21 people died. Well, the newspaper reported on the victims and in some cases had photographs. And as I was reading this account, one photograph just caught my eye. It was a a middle-aged man, and he was kind of staring straight into the camera with kind of a haunting look in his eyes. And it, I started to read about him. He was an Irish immigrant, the father of eight children. It named all of his eight children in the article. It said that he'd served in the British army and then immigrated to America in 1903. And I was just amazed by the detail. And I thought, I wonder if his family knows this story. So I I searched for this man on ancestry and I found him in a couple of ancestry trees, 
but nobody had a photograph or nobody had all of those eight children. So I, I found a descendant and I messaged him, emailed him a copy of this clipping. And I just said, I thought you might be interested in this clipping on your family history. And he he responded very quickly and he said, what on earth is a molasses flood? And how come my family never told me about this? This, this historic event in his family history had become lost. And now his family has the story and they have the photograph. What, what a treasure for this family. Definitely. I, I just, I love those kinds of stories too, because it's just, it, it adds to this level of success that's going on. And I think, you know, we're, we're all capable of doing this search, but there, there are certain populations that um, they may have very detailed family histories, but it might not have been reported on in formal ways. Perhaps, um, you know, African-Americans, uh, you know, come to mind. Maybe their histories are, are covered more in, um, in, in biblical records or in business transactions and not necessarily from the, the clerk of the court, so to speak, or the county recorder. Women, for example, may have different histories and that, that appear in uh, genealogy searches in different ways. And so how does newspapers.com bring those stories to life? And I think y- y- I found this wonderful story, and I, ho- I hope we're going to talk about it. it it's uh, the story of Fred Mock, and I just think that's a great story to share if, you, if, you, if you'd be willing. Oh, I would love to share that story. And it's so on newspapers, you're right. Some, some uh, segments of the population have a little bit more of a challenge in learning about their histories. But on newspapers.com, they, we have black history newspapers, Latino newspapers, Jewish newspapers, Native American papers, and then some papers that are targeted specifically to women. Well, as many of you know who have worked on family history, searching for women in our family trees can be difficult. Often women are mentioned in the paper using their husband's name, like Mrs. John Smith. And the example you you cited, um, it's uh, it's an example from my own family, actually. It was a, a little girl in my family named Anna Miller, and she was born in 1868 in Pennsylvania and orphaned when she was just five years old. Well, her aunt took her in, and they later moved from Pennsylvania to Boise, Idaho. And at that point, when I was researching Anna, I lost track of her. She just disappeared from all the records. And I kept trying to find her. And I thought, what happened to this Anna? Well, one day I was searching in newspapers back in Pennsylvania, a place that Anna hadn't lived at for 10 years. And I found a wedding announcement. She had sent the the Pennsylvania newspaper an engagement announcement to publish. And she was living in Boise, and the article named her fiancé, her upcoming marriage date. And using that information, I learned that Anna did get married, but just months after her marriage, she died of an illness. And her husband was a prominent publisher in Boise, and her death was widely reported, but they didn't use her name. They used Mrs. Fred Mock. So without that engagement announcement, I would have never been able to make that connection and would have never learned what happened to Anna. 
We are with Jenny Ashcraft. Jenny Ashcraft is a researcher. She's a lover of the written word and a family history enthusiast, but she's also an expert in this area of genealogy. She's spoken on the topic of various events and conferences. She's with us today to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of genealogy. And I wonder, Jenny Ashcraft, let's, let's talk a little bit about the technology that has changed and has improved this technology so much over the last few years. These tech changes I'm, I'm referring to, you know, the, the ever-present term algorithm. There's lots of discussion of algorithm these days. But even when it comes to obituaries and marriage licenses and keyword searches, all of that has just taken a big shift with regard to the technologies. I wonder if you'd tell us a little bit about what you've seen take place with regard to the tech over the last couple of years. There really have been some amazing advances. Uh, we we have this brilliant team of data scientists, and the last couple of years they have performed what I can only describe as magic. They have developed machine learning algorithms that scour through hundreds of millions of pages of newspapers and look for keywords that are associated with wedding announcements or obituaries. And when the algorithm would spot these words, it would draw a text text box around the article and identify this as either a possible wedding announcement or an obituary. Now, anybody who, who loves family history knows that wedding announcements or obituaries can provide amazing insights and family history details. Uh, a wedding announcement might include all the guests. I, I have seen many examples where it might say something like, the bride's sister, Mrs. Robert Swenson, traveled from Sacramento to attend the wedding. Well, wow, now we know who the bride married, the bride's sister married, and that she's moved to Sacramento, and that opens up a new research avenue. And and obituaries, it's the same way. We, They usually list the name of surviving relatives. Um, they give details about the death that you won't find on a death record. It, there's a story there that we might not know. And these algorithms have extracted the names, the dates, and even relationships from that text. And because of this project, you can now go to newspapers.com and search all obituaries or all wedding announcements for your people. Uh, if these are so prevalent, these obituaries and marriage announcements are the second and third most hinted items on ancestry trees now. I think that's a great tip because you might not have all the data that uh, you know for the search that you want to complete. In other words, you might not know particular names or even dates. But if you have some related way, a marriage license, for example, an obituary, that might lead you to a resource that then you can start to dig further. And I think it's it's that way that you really want to try to be clever with the technology. And it just aids you in doing this. It really is just, it gives you tips. It gives you hints that lead you in a direction that you may have never gone before. If you see a city name or an address, I've even come across a lot of the older newspapers will list uh, your ancestor and then right next to it will be their address. And in many cases, I've put that address in Google Earth and I can see the house. I, it still stands. I can see the building. And boy, talk about just creating a connection. And that is one of the amazing things a newspaper does is it creates these connections and opens up these stories. Mm-hmm. 
in in my research on, on newspapers.com, I was I was looking at various businesses. Um, my family history uh, it kind of works its way back through uh, American Indians as well as uh, Dutch uh, immigrants. My wife's family history kind of uh, follows a more farming route. And so I searched some businesses that were associated with some of those kinds of things, and I found information. So there, again, there's a lot of circuitous paths that you can take to really land that yield that you're after. Isn't that fun? When you can find a business name, I, I have found in my instance, in my own family, the names of businesses, and then just performed a Google search and learned all kinds of information about a business that I didn't even know. And it just adds another layer to the story. Okay. So once we found these family stories, these anecdotes, these photographs, this historical information about places where they've lived or businesses that they've been involved with, what do you do with it? Because I think that might stop some in our audience. You know, I've got all this great data. What's next? It tells a story about us, but where are we going to put it and store it and kind of keep it so that these other generations can kind of learn from the work that we've put together? I I love that question. What do you do with it? You find these golden nuggets and then what do you do with it? Well, um, when you get on newspapers.com, there's a variety of search parameters. You can search by a place, a city, a date, uh, a specific newspaper. And when you find a cool story, we have this little electronic clipping tool and it's shaped like a pair of scissors and you just drag this icon and a text box appears. You, you surround the text that you want to clip and you just clip. And now you've electronically made a clipping. You've cut out a piece of newspaper. So now you have that image, you have a clipping and you can download it. You can save it. You can email it. You can share it. You can attach it to your ancestry tree. Um, My family, extended family, has a family Facebook page, and I am constantly posting clippings on social media that I've come across for our family. And it's just so fun because it sparks a discussion. Everybody's piping in with a memory or what they had heard or their version of the story. And it's just a wonderful way to preserve that memory and to get everybody talking about it again. I think that's important too, to get people in the family kind of talking about that. You never know what might've been forgotten. And all of a sudden a conversation might lead to this brainstorm of just sudden recollection that just allows you to have, you know, one more great story to put down in your family history. There's this wonderful family history story that you have about an Italian military flag. And uh, I've heard you tell it. And and I wonder if you'd share that because it's, it's very moving story. I would love to, Um, you know, when you find a clipping in the newspaper, the, the clipping you find, your family member, it, it may not be the most important headline of the day, but it is the most important headline to you. It is so special to find a clipping that talks about your grandfather hitting a home run in Little League or, or your grandmother winning a baking contest. But one example uh, that I have, uh, a couple of years ago, I wrote and published an article about the World War II Battle of Anzio in Italy. And I used a clipping that I found in newspapers of a young soldier who was coming ashore when a minesweeping ship in front of him 
hit a mine and just exploded and everybody aboard that ship was was killed. Well, as his ship was slowly sailing through this debris, he spotted a flag, a tattered American flag floating on the water. So he reached down and scooped that flag up and he brought it home and he kept that flag his whole life. Uh, the newspaper article was an interview with him shortly after the war ended and he was telling his experiences to his hometown paper. Well, I was just moved by his story and I included that in my article. And several weeks later, I received a message and it was from the son of this World War II soldier. He had read this article and he was so grateful to know that his father's service hadn't been forgotten. Well, he and I emailed back and forth a few times and I thought that's where the story ended. But fast forward about a year later and one day I received an urgent message to return a call as soon as I could to a man in Tennessee. So I, I picked up the phone and I called and he introduced himself and explained that he was an electrical contractor and he was working on a home in Tennessee and he uh, pounded through the wall and once he was inside the wall he spotted a book and he pulled it out and it was a leather World War II military journal and he was just amazed at what this was doing in the wall and on the front was written a soldier's name and a, his military id number and so he googled this soldier and my article came up it was the same man and he said do you know this family and i said as a matter of fact let me find his email and i searched back through a year and i found the the email from this man's son and those two men were able to connect and that soldier's son received that priceless gift of his father's military journal, all because of a newspaper clipping. <laughs> Incredible. I, I just love that story. Thank you for sharing it with us. So final question for you today, Jenny Ashcraft. Let, let's talk a little bit about what's coming. We've talked about the tech that's brought us to this point. There are some cool programs that are going on, including some educational programs, some special research that that uh, uh, is going on within newspapers.com. Then there's this other wonderful project that I'm going to look let you talk about, the Social Good Project. So maybe tell us about each one of those. And oh, and by the way, we will have links to where you can find out more information, in particular, her writing as she refers to uh, this great story about Anzio. But uh, Fold3HQ, the official Fold3 blog, and we're going to put links up to where you can find out more information about her and all the work that she does at newspapers.com. But maybe take us out with some of these things that are coming. What's what's next? We have some exciting things happening at newspapers. By the end of the year, we are on track to digitize 40 million more pages just in the next few months. We have um, millions of pages of content that are coming from the UK and Canada. And you mentioned an educational program. We, we continue to support, to support an educational K-12 program that allows teachers to access Ancestry, Full3, and newspapers.com in their classrooms at no cost. And you can visit AncestryK12.com to get more information about that. Um, we we are, have been working on a series, a collection of topic pages. Now, topic pages are carefully curated clippings 
about a wide range of historical events like the Great Depression or the Apollo 11 moon landing. And anybody that wants to learn about topic pages can go to newspapers.com topic pages and you can search for any specific subject and you can see all the newspaper clippings that we've curated that will tell the story. Um, in fact, right now, Paul, we're working on a topic page that is for a subject that I think is near and dear to your heart. Um, we are just curating clippings right now that will tell the story of the creation of the Smithsonian Institute mm -hmm. as they get ready to celebrate their 175th anniversary next year. Yeah, how wonderful. In fact, can I read you this one line from this clipping? Oh, yeah, please, yeah. This is, this is dated April 22nd, 1846, and it says, This day was assigned to Congress for the consideration of the bill to establish the Smithsonian Institution for the increase and diffusion of knowledge among men. Isn't that great? That is great. I love it. Yeah, the Smithsonian does so many wonderful things. Good that good that you're putting together these pages, these topic pages, you call them, huh? Topic pages. And it's just a great okay. way for anybody interested in history to kind of see history as it happened through newspaper clippings. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you about the Social Good Project because mm, I am so excited about this one. Um, we are just getting ready to launch a project that we're calling the Social Good Project, and we will send computers and special camera stations to historical societies and other institutions that may not have the means or the funds to digitize some of their news newspaper content. Um, some of these newspapers are so old and fragile they, they just are brittle and they fall apart almost when you handle them. They, uh, they need to be preserved. This history needs to be saved. But these papers are too fragile to even ship anywhere. And our hope is that we can work with these institutions, send them all the things that they need, and they can enlist volunteers to photograph each page of the newspaper. We will digitize them for free and host them for free and preserve those stories from being lost. That is great. Great stuff. Jenny Ashcroft, what a pleasure it's been to talk to you today about genealogy. I know this is just on our minds all the time with regard to our families. And thanks for all that you do. Thanks for your generous time today. I hope you'll come back and talk to us again. About I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. Jenny Ashcroft's been our guest today. We will talk to you again soon. And do remember to check out my website at notold-better.com for some of the information that Jenny's talked about today, the resources and special programs provided by newspapers.com. Thank you, Paul. Have a great day. My thanks to writer, historian, genealogy expert Jenny Ashcraft for her time today, her expertise, and her thoughtful preparation in joining me. You'll find much more in the way of links, resources, and information on our website. And check out newspapers.com. And you can check out my website at notoldbetter.com for more information on the resources and special programs provided by newspapers.com. So check it out. My thanks always to the Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. Of course, my thanks to you, our wonderful Not Old Better show audience. Please keep your emails coming to me at info at notold-better.com. And remember, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>